At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, good morning and happy Sunday as we welcome you in. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We go coast to coast. I'm Patrick Maher. Wes Reynolds is going to be hanging out. Good to see our buddy Wes Reynolds in studio there at the South Point. And my man, parts unknown, Michael Lombardi, or as I like to call him, the future offensive coordinator of the New England Patriots. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be be calling plays, bro. You're going to be calling plays. How are we doing? I'm not quite. I'm not qualified to call plays, but I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to coming to Vegas, see Wes Reynolds, see the crew there at uh, VEASAN and hang out for a couple of days, watch the Patriots and the Raiders practice. Raiders had another win last night uh, with their backups against Tua and, and, and his sensational quartet of, of, of teams. Stop. So, you stop it. You, you stop. It's too early. What Wes Reynolds. Good morning, buddy. The unders bounced back five and three yesterday. We've got three more in the preseason week two continues today. And then you've got Atlanta at the jets tomorrow night to close out week two. I know Wes was up late watching UFC, Michael. Uh, I don't know if you know where we're starting the show today, but go ahead and roll it. Stephen bond. I worked to put that deal together for Brady and Gronk to come to the Raiders. And it was almost a done deal. And at the last minute, Gruden blew the deal up and said that he didn't want him. And all hell broke loose, man. It was crazy. And 
And, and Brady was already looking at houses, and it wasn't being said yet that Gronk was coming. So Las Vegas would have had Brady and Gronk the year that the Bucks won the Super Bowl. Okay, so Wes, Michael, and Vison, that is Dana White. So last night for the UFC, which was amazing, um, the Gronkowski brothers did like a Manning cast for the UFC cast. Mm -hmm. So it's the Gronk, and they had Dana White on, of course, the president there of the UFC. And on the cast, he said that he brokered a deal to get Brady the year Brady and Gronk won a championship with the Bucks in 2020. He brokered a deal to bring Brady and Gronk to the Raiders and the Ixnay was put down by your boy, John Gruden. And I'll tell you this, the corroboration by Gronk on the broadcast was what really sold it because Gronk said, it's true. And then Gronk went on to clean it up, Michael, by saying, I love Tampa, but it was true. What, did, what was your take on that? Well, I, it was true. And, and, and there was originally, you've got to understand too, San Francisco was a player in this as well, which was his hometown team. And Kyle Shanahan was very interested in making the move. And everybody in the, in, the, in the 49er front office wasn't because they had just gone to the Super Bowl, right? They had just played Kansas City in the Super Bowl, and we're going to change out our quarterback. That doesn't make a lot of sense and take on a 43-year-old player. And so the West Coast was ultimately where he wanted to go. But, yeah, this is a very true story. I think Gruden was really interested, like he often is, and then he kind of backed away. And I don't know whether it was Mark Davis. I don't know anything about the internal structure of the Raiders and who said, but Gruden had complete control of everything. Let's make, let's make this very clear. Mike Mayock carried the title of general manager, but Gruden ran everything that happened inside that building. So at the end of the day, he decided it wasn't what he wanted to do. And look, you know, Derek Carr played well for him. You could understand it to go to an aging quarterback, but he had that opportunity without a doubt. So before I get to Wes, let me ask you a follow-up here, Michael Lombardi. How does one Dana White broker the deal? Why is he in the mix here with the NFL? You know, that's an interesting question. I don't know the answer to that. Obviously, Don Yee's got relationships with everybody in the organization, in every organization. So, you know, but I think maybe the fact that, you know, Vegas, what would, what would Vegas lifestyle be like, you know, for Brady? What would that happen? What would it look like? Uh, what's the relationship between Brady and Mark Davis? I think some of those elements come into play. And obviously, does Dana White, if he knows that Gruden nixed the deal, then Dana White was talking to Gruden. What was the reaction, Wes? Because I know, and good morning, Wes. I know you were up late watching UFC last night, which was tremendous. But what was the reaction on social when Dana White went off about Brady and Gronk to the Raiders in 2020? Yeah, I don't know who landed a bigger knockout blow. Dana White on John Gruden or uh, Leon Edwards on Kamaru Usman in the uh, fifth round <laughs> last night for the welterweight title <laughs> fight. But nevertheless, I mean, I agree with Michael. I think that this story, and he probably has more insider knowledge than I do, I think that this story is totally plausible. And I was kind of trying to strike the right balance guys where it's like you know what I kind of believe Dana White but I kind of understand that he's also a promoter so he's got a little carny in him so you know he might be embellishing you know a couple things here but I think it's totally plausible and I and I wonder when Gruden took that Raiders job if he was like you know what? Because ego comes into play and it's like, you know what? I don't want to if I win a Super Bowl here or, or if I win or whatever I achieve here I'm going to be doing it with Brady and they're never going to give me the credit for doing it. So I don't know if it really goes that far, but 
Nevertheless, I totally believe it. And I know that we had had discussion and I remember that uh, a lot of people on Twitter last night were talking about. So is that who Brady was referring to where it's like they're sticking with uh, this blankety blank? I think were yeah. was his phrase, you know, is that what they were referring to? And would that blankety blank be Derek Carr in that situation? So, yeah, it was all over social last night. And all the, the, the clip was carried out. I guess this uh, Gronk series is going to be a regular thing. Uh, Peyton and Eli's own. Omaha Productions are producing this operation. You know, it's funny, Michael, because Derek Carr continues. He only threw for over 4,800 yards last year. Yeah. On the broadcast I, last night, Rich Gannon said if he gets protection this year, he's going to throw for 5,000 yards, and he just gets yeah, no. maligned every time we turn around. I don't know if that was the guy that Brady was referring to. I really don't. I, I don't. I, I think Brady has too much respect for Carr. I do know that from a lot of back-channel conversations that I had – that there was, could Brady and Gruden coexist? I, I know that. That I, I, somebody asked, I can't tell you who, but I was asked that question. How would that relationship get along? What would it look like? And to me, you know, that would have been a challenge because, you know, Brady's used to, as we know, he's used to the Patriot way. It took him a little time when he went down to Tampa. You know, when he went down to Tampa and he was able to kind of convince Bruce Arians that this is kind of what I need, this is kind of the, the plays that I run most effectively, I think that would have been a challenge for, for what Wes said earlier, you know, Gruden to give up some of his ego, to take it away. But one thing we do know, you know, Carr's ability to do things at the line of scrimmage is very Brady-esque. And he did a lot for Gruden at the line of scrimmage. So at the end of the day, Brady could have handled it. The reality of it is, is would it have been able to change his offense? I don't know. I want to get to Carr's numbers in a second, but you're, it appears to me, uh, Mr. Lombardi, while you run that Arizona program, it appears you're in a new hotel room. So I ask you this question. Have you seen Tom in the new hotel? Did you see Tom no, Brady I, in the old hotel? Where the hell is Tom I Brady? I, I like to change my setting. I'm like, you know, it's just the bat cave. I don't want anybody to look. I'm in the same hotel, Patrick. I have, I leave today. I get on a plane and I'll be in Vegas this afternoon. And I'm going to jump in the pool with Dominic and see how he's doing over there at the new house. And, get caught up on all things Las Vegas Raiders and then enjoy my day at the office tomorrow with the, with the, uh, with the staff there. I'll be looking forward to it. No, just well, get one more. I'm leaving here today, Patrick. Don't worry. Okay. Send my best to the crew. No big deal. I've been to the house before you have. <laughs> Anywho, as, Wes, as we take a look last night, uh, Vegas at Miami, a winner for Vegas. That was their third. Now, a couple things suspect as far as Vegas. It's a 15-13 win. Remember, that number was moving Miami's way, close three and a half. Tua, you know, six of eight, 58 yards in two series. But uh, I'll start with you, actually, Michael, because the offensive line, four sacks allowed for Vegas. This is the point of contention for you and the Raiders this year. 13 sacks in three preseason games. This is the issue. This is the point of contention for the Raiders thus far. Right, but I, I think you got to really look at this really closely. Last night, this was a, gig, a good game for the Raiders. If you're a Raider fan, you really enjoyed this game because the Raiders went down there with, not half, with none of their team. And they went against the Miami Dolphins' first-team defense and took the opening drive down the field and scored. Against the, now, they didn't have Xavier Howard in the game, understanding their secondary was missing a few players. But for the most part, you know, they did. You know, they're looking at Leatherwood. Can he be the right tackle? Obviously, you watched him play last night. He didn't play as well as he needs to play. So they're trying to move some pieces. Colton Miller didn't play yesterday. So, you know, once they get him back, where are they going to go? I think the line, even though they gave up some sacks, I think there was some promise in this game because they were going twos against ones, and they moved the football effectively. So, And it's the same thing defensively. I mean, Tua was going against the backup Raider defense. 
It wasn't like he had starters out there. I know Jonathan Hankins was playing and Abrahams was in the game, but, you know, a lot of people are not sure Abrahams is going to be a starter this season. So I thought it was a really good game for the Raiders, especially with their backups. I mean, they left most of their team here in Vegas. Yeah, and one of the unders that cashes West there, five and three to the unders as the unders bite back a little bit. Was there any takeaways from that Raider Miami matchup? Again, Tua didn't have his weapons on offense. Right. It was, you know, six of eight, 58 yards. Well, on the Raider side, once again, you could see that continuity absolutely matters. Uh, Jarrett Stidham, I thought was very solid as the opening uh, starter, seven to 10, 80 yards. And, uh, you know, being in that system with Josh McDaniels and, and Mick and the entire pretty much Patriots offensive staff that is now here in Las Vegas, I think it shows you that the system is going to be fine. And this offense, I think, is going to be good. The offensive line, I still think the eyes are pretty much peeled on Alex Leatherwood. They tried to move him into guard last year. That did not work out. He's in his right position, I think, being the, the right tackle with Colton Miller on the other side. But it's just, can he hold up? And, you know, every time in the press box, talking to some of the Raider press corps out here in Las Vegas, they were basically saying, okay, when there was a flag, okay, what did Alex do now? Did he jump? Was it a false start? Was it a hold? And they were, the eyes were peeled right on him. So that's what's going to be the key, and that's going to be a running storyline throughout the season. But I think this offense, even though we hadn't seen really anything out of Derek Carr in the preseason, this is going to be ready to go here in week one. Michael, in a minute, do you agree with the assessment there from Wes on the offensive front? Yeah, I think if Leatherwood doesn't increase his play, he will not be the starting right tackle. I think Illuminor will play over there. He's played pretty well for them in the preseason. This Cotton kid has played well. I mean, they're getting good production out of their offensive line, and but it hasn't all come together yet. You know, and when we evaluate these sacks, we evaluate them, and sometimes those guys may not be in the game. So I think the Raiders realize they got to get that done. Raiders six and a half to one in division. I'm just saying. I'm also just saying about Michael's boy Derek Carr. His passing yard prop is set for 4,450 and a half, 4450 and a half. Last year he throws for over 4,800 yards. That's I'm just saying, Michael Lombardi. Wes Reynolds, as mm -hmm. we continue, is Kenny Pickett going to be under center week one? We're going to find out next from Michael Lombardi here on the Lombardi Line. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. 
Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Hey, Bill AD, can I get an advanced copy of the NFL guide, which is coming out this Thursday? You can go ahead and email that. Thank you. It's coming soon. It's coming this Thursday. As I mentioned, the college football betting guide is out. Remember, the only way to get access to this year's football betting guides is to become a VEASAN all-access member. So here's the deal. Right now, you can save 50%, $175. You get everything, including Michael Lombardi's exclusive articles, Point Spread Weekly, College Football Betting Guide, NFL Betting Guide, through the Super Bowl. It's 50% off right now. Just go to vcin.com slash subscribe. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. Remember, that pro betting guide is dropping this Thursday as we get set up for the 2022 season in the NFL. We got you back here on the Lombardi Line. Good morning. Hope you're having a nice weekend. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. Michael Lombardi, parts unknown. Wes Reynolds there in Vegas. If I told you I want to get to the Steelers, and actually we're going to have Max Starks on right after you say goodbye, Michael Lombardi, two-time Super Bowl champ with the Steelers. You probably recruited, I mean, you probably scouted Max Starks, who won two Super Bowls there, offensive lineman. Uh, Before we get to the rookies there with the Steelers and their market numbers, let's talk about this. If, if I told you one head coach went for two to win a preseason game yesterday, the answer would be Dan Campbell. That's exactly yeah. right. Dan Campbell goes for two to win a preseason game against Wes Reynolds Colts yesterday, Michael Lombardi. Well, thank God he did. I'm sure everybody on the Colts staff was hoping he would try to do that one way or the other. Either we win or we lose, you know, and, and to get the game, nobody wants overtime. Literally nobody wants overtime in preseason. So, that was a good move. You know, Patrick, as I was going through the games yesterday, I had a chance to watch a lot of them. I think the Steelers situation, you know, I love the Steelers on the over. I think they're going to be a better team than most people. But the difference between the Kenny Pickett situation and the Mac Jones last year is simply this. Cam Newton's presence of the team is different than Mitchell Trubisky's presence. Like Mitchell Trubisky isn't truly a leader. Mitchell Trubisky is just fighting to survive what he does. So if he keeps Trubisky as a starter for the early part of the year, it's not going to affect the chemistry of the team. Whereas if Belichick kept Cam Newton last year, Cam had such a presence, such a leadership reward. There's no way Mac Jones could have evolved. So I think there's a little bit of a difference here. I think Tomlin's got a tough spot. I think if Tomlin decides to go with Pickett, he's saying, I'm going to live with these early mistakes because they're going to occur. But he's also got a chance to build for the future. 
Yeah, Michael's been talking about that Steelers over Wes Reynolds. It's sitting seven and a half. Actually, DraftKings a little juiced up to the under at $1.20. The strong summer for Kenny Pickett continues. He entered on the Steelers' fourth offensive possession. He led the team to a touchdown drive right before the half. Uh, and he has, Wes, jumped over Rudolph for that mm -hmm. second right behind Trubisky on the depth chart. Well, I'm with Michael in terms of his overall assessment on the Steelers. The one concern that I think you got to have, and we'll get into that with Max Starks, who uh, they could use Max Starks right now on the offensive line there in Pittsburgh because that offensive line, I, I didn't think that they gave Trubisky a lot of time early. I didn't think they gave Rudolph a lot of time. Kenny Pickett, you know, was very quick reads because he's used to that, I think, because he was in that offense at University of Pittsburgh with Mark Whipple and everything, you know, was three or five step dropping out, basically. So, you know, he was on time. I think really good ball placement, knew where he was going, not only pre-snap, but the post-snap uh, made the quick, decisive reads. But the offensive line has got some work to do in Pittsburgh. I, I think that they were very disappointed and then just kind of seeing some of the tweets and some of the reaction on social media from uh, Steeler fans and Steeler media. They could not get off in terms of the running game. I know Najee Harris did not play last night, but Benny Snell had no bursts, really need the, none of their running backs any burst and they didn't have any really holes to run through last night. Yeah, I, you know, I, I couldn't agree more, Wes. This is going to be the concern with Steeler football all year. I mean, their offensive line, Max Stark, the University of Florida product. You know, I probably, when I get back to my office in Ocean City, I sure I have a report on Max Stark. We could read it, you know, uh, and they miss that. They miss that left tackle, the John Jackson. You know, they've always been good there in that offensive line. They're going through a little bit of a change. That's the concern, but I think when you get Najee Harris, he guy behind that bad line last year averaged 3.9 a carry, you know, and so there's some things you can do to protect the line. And again, I think Tomlin's smart. I think he understands how to win football games, which is important in this league today, how to, to work your team around three dimensions, offense, defense, kicking game to win it. Uh, but it is the liability and it concerns me. I mean, they haven't done a good job of replacing, you know, the guys that they've lost over the years. They're going nuts. P squared in Pittsburgh. Pickett and Pickens right now. Offensive rookie of the year. Michael Lombardi, Wes Reynolds, Brees Hall is your favorite at DraftKings. Eight and a half to one. Kenny Pickett, 16th overall pick. The only quarterback selected in the first round. Nine to one. George Pickens, the big stud wide receiver who Michael uh, outlined yesterday. Eleven to one. I will say this. I agree with what Wes said about the lack of burst. When I watch Najee Harris, there isn't that burst. Almost like he's a workman like he gets things done. But also when I watch Pickett, it's you could tell he grasps the off offense, Michael Lombardi, yeah. but he doesn't have a big yeah. arm. The ball placement's no. important for him. No, he doesn't have a big arm, and I don't know what the ceiling is, but I think the draft, when you watch Malik Willis, you get wowed by the athletic plays yesterday at Tennessee, but there's a lot of bad plays in there. You know, there's a lot of plays he's not going to get away with in a regular season game, so you can understand why one guy went in the first round and another guy went in the third round. You know, I, I do think, to me, the concern I would have with Pickett is, what's his ceiling? How high can he go? Are we going to need another quarterback in another five years because we're not going to renew his contract? I think that's your concern. But I agree with what Wes said. Look, McFarlane, you know, Snell, all those backs that they've kind of got, they have no juice. They have no burst. They have no acceleration. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, they miss that, you know, change of pace back. And, you know, they miss that guy that can hit it go. You know, I think that's that ultimately something that the Steelers need to improve. They've been trying to get backs in the third and fourth round. They just haven't found that Barry Foster. Remember Barry Foster? The fullback from Arkansas loved him coming out of college. I loved him. I couldn't get him drafted, but he played fullback in that wishbone offense. 
And when he got to Pittsburgh, you saw a burst. You haven't seen that with Snell. I haven't seen that with McFarlane. You've been obsessing over fullbacks lately. I'm just 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 noting well, you've been I into fullbacks look, lately. Well, you know, it's funny because you, when you studied the National Football League, it was a predominant position. I mean, there's guys in the Hall of yep. Fame. You know, these kids today, the 16, 15-year-olds, they, they don't even know what a fullback is. Like I said on my podcast, when Dominic's going through his dinosaur books, that he sees fullbacks in there. Like, they're just <laughs> out of date, you know? I mean, like, they're just so prehistoric, you know? They're just not there. And, and there was a time where we were a two-back team. You know, and when we were a two-back league, it was a different league. And there was need for fullbacks. The, the Jim Taylor, who's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, Jim Brown got was the third running back drafted in his draft, and he was listed as a fullback. Think about that. Just just noodle that for a moment. Kyle Juszczyk is trying to bring sexy back at the fullback position. Yeah, when I say yeah. fullback, <laughs> that's, that's right now who you think of as far as modernity. Um, Najee Harris, regular season Russian reception there, Wes Reynolds, over at DraftKings, 1,600, 1,600 and a half. I mean, this, this is a dude that touched the ball as far as usage more than anybody last year, Najee Harris as a rookie. Yeah, no question about it. But the offensive line, like we were saying, is very much a concern. It's a concern for, I think, several teams around the league, too. Uh, Michael brought up uh, Malik Willis and kind of, you know, some of the plays that he dazzles you with and he shows flashes of brilliance and then, you know, makes the mistakes. And that's why he did not end up going in the first round. But that's another team, by the way, that does have some offensive line problems is Tennessee. Look, Taylor Lewan came back from that torn ACL last year, really wasn't the same. So they've had a lot of reshuffle. I think they had two guys that were salary cap casualties, Kendall Lamb, Roger Saffold. So that's another reason. I don't even know if it's necessarily love for the Colts. I think it's just everybody thinks that the Titans are going to be down. They were 6-1 and one in games of three points or less in terms of being decided by. This offensive line's a mess down there in Nashville. You know, I, I think their offense is a mess, Wes. I, I mean, you know, they, they lose A.J. Brown. Julio wasn't really a factor, but you had to go out. You had to respect Julio. There was a respect factor Julio mm-hmm. earned from his play in the league. I don't know who you fear at receiver. Now, maybe Robert Woods will come back from this ACL, but we know this. Tannehill has to run play action. You know, who's the tight end that's going to get the football in this game? You know, I mean, who are they going to really build their team around? I I mean, this is a team that, to me, Vrabel has overcome their lack of personnel with his coaching. And Henry has been able to carry them forward. Their defense is good, right? So as much as I want to get down on them, I know that Henry will still be able to run the football, even if the line isn't great. Their defense is going to be hard to play. They're physical. They're tough. They're fast. They're athletic. They're going to be good. And they really do a great job of coaching the game. Vrabel coaches well, and he wins these close games. It's not a secret he's 6-1 and one in those close games. But when I look at them on paper, their personnel, very similar to Pittsburgh. You say, wow, they're not very good. But then you add the head coach in, and you say, wait a minute, they could win games. Yep, Malik Willis got the start in the 13-3 win, another under that cashes yesterday in Tennessee. And Tennessee, home field advantage. They were awesome last year at home down in Tennessee. Michael, Thank you for doing this. Thank you for getting up early and jumping on the show. What does the rest of your day look like? I'm going to go over. I'm going to watch the Arizona Wildcats had a scrimmage last night in the stadium and under the lights. I'm going to watch a little bit of that tape, kind of evaluate that. I'm going to jump on an airplane and I'm going to be in Vegas and I'll be back at uh, in the desk tomorrow with you. And we'll go over all these games and we'll noodle it over a little bit. Wes, thank you for filling in. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me, Patrick. Uh, it's always good to be here. <laughs> you know what? Bond said, should we have Michael? I said, let me think about it overnight, yeah, yeah. and I'll let you know in the morning if he can <laughs> come you. on his own show. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Have Thanks, a great Michael. day. Hey, make sure you post something Thanks, on Instagram as well. M. Lombardi NFL, M. Lombardi NFL on Twitter as well. It.
Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Sorry, guys. I'm looking at my phone because I'm sweating French football right now, or as Wes may call it, soccer. Well, I'm sweating the Czech Masters right now on the DP World Tour, so we (laughs) both got sweats this morning. (laughs) Yes, two two degenerates. Coming up next, two-time Super Bowl champ Max Starks joins us talking about the Steelers here on the Lombardi Line. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's Express Bet, $10 free and bet when you sign up for Express Bet. First bet, VSEN's preferred horse racing app. Use the code HORSE200 for $10 plus. Get 100% match on your first deposit up to $200 with wagering at over 300 tracks, AI-assisted picks. First Bet app is the easiest way to bet on your favorite sport. You can check out the details at vsin.com slash horses. That's vsin.com slash horses. Okay, we got you back here on the Lombardi line. Michael Lombardi out in Arizona with that program. So Wes Reynolds sitting in for him. I'm Patrick Maher as we got you back. Week two of the preseason continues today. We'll handicap those three games on the board. But right now, a special guest, a gentleman I spoke with, and actually he's calling from the whip. I appreciate that. Max Starks, a gentleman I spoke with many years on SiriusXM. Happy to have him here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Of course, two-time Super Bowl champ with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Max, my man, how you feeling? Man, Pat, I'm feeling great. I I mean, it's been forever since we last talked. So, you know, I'm looking forward to the fact that we get to converse back and forth. But life is good. I'm on the road. I'm actually headed to the University of Florida right now to speak to the team. Uh, We had Jacksonville last night um, uh, with the Steelers. So I figured I'm in Florida. There's no way I can be that close to my alma mater and not not stop by and say hello. Big opener, Max, with the Utes coming in next week. Yeah, who who are you telling, man? I mean, (laughs) think about this. I mean, how crazy is it that Florida, you know, gets a sitting Pac-12 champion coming to them? That normally doesn't happen in college football scheduling. I'm glad it happened the way that it did. Uh, but it's going to be a tough challenge for Napier and company down there in Florida. So, you know, I have to make sure I go and, and provide a little bit of gusto, give, give them a little bit of oomph uh, before that game, because that's going to be a big thing, I think, in the Napier area era is having this type of game under your belt, but also notching it with a W. So that's going to be really important for the Gators to get off to a fast start to officially welcome Napier into Gator country. Yeah, not just a Steeler legend, but a Gator legend. Max Starks joins us. I want to just follow up quickly on that, then we'll get to the Steelers. When Billy Napier was hired, maybe for some casual football fans and college football fans, it wasn't a sexy hire, but across the board, it was universally praised. This is a hell of a football coach, Max. No, I mean, you think about Napier. Napier comes from the Saban tree. He went to he went to Louisiana Lafayette, made them a power and a champion, and then now gets to come to Florida. Here's the thing. LSU fans that don't live in Baton Rouge wanted Billy Napier (laughs) as the coach, but those living there, like we can't take a Lafayette coach and make him the state school coach. That's blasphemous. And so Florida was like, well, excuse me while you guys quibble about this, we will take this treasure because, you know, I look at just not only his record, but I think what happened after he got hired was really important. The type of staff that he created around him, Uh, He brought in guys from ULL, but he also went and got former Gators. I think the biggest thing that you notice about Billy Napier is he wants to establish culture. He wants to tie it to legacy so that it makes it bigger than itself. And he went out and got some dynamite coaches. I mean, 
my former teammate, Super Bowl champion, Darnell Stapleton, was assistant line coach at Lafayette. He brings him over to Florida. He brings back Cheston Blackshear, four-year letterman, NFL, XFL, offensive line, brings him in as an offensive analyst. Mike Peterson, who is a dynamite linebacker, played in the league forever, and he brings him back into the fold. Then he goes cross-country, goes to USC. I know we've all heard of a guy by the name of Drake London. Uh, well, when they brought his wide receiver coach, Kerry Colbert, one of my good friends since high school, is now on the staff. And you look at Corey Raymond. I mean, he brought guys from everywhere, and they're all stud coaches to create that atmosphere and that environment of winning and success and transition. I think that all helps with the buy-in and makes it a lot sooner. I think we, you have those coaches there that give credibility. Max, I mean, Max Starks ahead, is Patrick. all in on the Florida Gator program right now. Good for you. Are you equally yeah. sorry, Wes? I'm just jumping here really quickly. Are you equally as bullish on your Steelers? We were just talking about their season win total set at seven and a half. I'll just start here. Are we going to see Kenny Pickett under center week one, Max Starks? I'm not going to go that fast and say that. I, th I think Mitch Trubisky still has the lead in that category. I think he's been the QB one throughout this whole process. I think he will. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah, his stats don't look sexy. I mean, five of eight passing. He was under duress last night um, from a very good Jacksonville defense. The offensive line did not do him any favors last night, but he showed that escapability. He showed that ability to evade, progress the football down the field, and try and keep things going. So I think Kenny. Although, you know, everybody will say, oh, he had like a 150 passer rating and he was amazing. I think Kenny is doing better. I think Mitchell has the tools to get us some wins. Um, now, here's the thing. Barring injury or just a horrific display, I think Kenny could eventually get in. But I think right now is still Mr. Biskey's job. Max, you talked about the offensive line, and I know you were on the pre- and post-game coverage with uh, Amanda Bialonis Renner last night on the Steelers broadcast down there in Jacksonville, and the offensive line did not get rave reviews. Everything I'm reading from uh, the Steelers Nation and everybody that covers the team, I know Najee did not play last night, but you also didn't see a lot of explosiveness out of the running backs. Is that a cause for concern for you going forward with this running game? Uh, I mean, I don't know if it was necessarily the explosiveness. I think guys were trying to get up. There just weren't any holes. Right. I mean, I think that was, that was the biggest thing. So, I mean, whether Najee was running or not, I don't know if anybody could have had success the way that it was going in that process. So, I mean, I look at it and the offensive line is continuing to grow. You know, one of the things I said at the beginning of training camp, I said, my barometer is going to be, how do they look at by week four? Um, that's was because regular season, because offensive line of all the positions on the football field takes the longest to gel. And you have essentially five new guys together. Yes. You got Dan Moore in year two and Chooks Akora for coming back again at the right tackle position, but that's just one year's of experience. The entire middle is brand new. You have Kevin Dotson and Kev and Kendrick green fighting for the left guard job. By the way, Kendrick green was a center last year. And now he's playing exclusively at left guard. And then Mason Cole comes in from Minnesota. James Daniels comes from Chicago. So that group right there is still not together. They show incremental progress day after day. But I think the biggest thing is it's going to take time. Even if I, I love cheesecake, right? And I, I want cheesecake. I prefer it. I come from juniors in New York. But sometimes you got to get the jello no bake. 
but what what did you know about the Jello no bake is you still got to sit it in the fridge. It still has to congeal, and the offensive line still needs to congeal before they can really be a force that can really help move this this offense because they are the cadence makers for the entire team. If you had Max Starks comparing the Steelers to Cheesecake at 7.37 on Sunday morning, you just won your bet. Okay, Pickens. <laughs> there it is. How long is it going to take to congeal? I don't know if the Steeler fans are more excited about Pickett or Pickens. What do you got on the rookie wide receiver here? Uh, he's ready-made. He's ready-made. He's, he's your number three receiver in this offense uh, by far and away. There's a lot of talent at the wide receiver position, but George Pickens is already – right behind Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. He's earned his stripes in camp. He's done it in week one. He still had a solid performance in week two, and we'll see how he grows in week three. But I think George Pickens is one of those. He's already ready-made, and I think he's ready to rock and roll. He looks amazing. He makes some fantastic plays, and he he knows how to route run. I think this, guy, this is a guy who sat last year nursing an injury, getting back healthy, comes back at the end of the year, and now you see him kind of carrying on where he, where he left off and the expectations he had from Georgia. He carries those same expectations to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and this guy's ready to rock and roll. Max, uh, one question here on the defense. Obviously, we believe defense is going to continue to be his strength of his team, especially the pass rush, but uh, gave up a few uh, gains in the running game last night. I know run defense is kind of something that they want to focus on. Ogan Joby had his first action last time. What do you make of what you saw out of the defensive line, even though a couple of the starters didn't go last night? Uh, I think we're fine. The biggest thing we're working through depth, like who can consistently be the guy who can come in and relieve Cam Hayward, can relieve Tyson Alualu, and can also uh, relieve Larry Ogunjobi. I think Chris Wormley is probably one of your guys. He had he had an okay night. Henry Mondu was another guy that definitely flashes, and he's a guy that you know he does he doesn't look the part, but he gets the job done. He reminds me a lot of Chris Hoke on our Super Bowl teams. Like, it's just, it's not sexy. It's not like, oh, my God, this guy looks like he's a monster. No, he he, he, he kind of he blends in, but he gets the job done. So I really like that. And then, of course, you know, we still haven't seen Alex Highsmith, right? He hurt his ribs in, in uh, our Saturday lights, I guess you'd say. I, I, we usually do Friday night lights, and they got washed out, and then they, they made it to a different day. So I was trying to make some type of interesting uh, comparison, but that didn't work. Um, he hurt his ribs in the Saturday competitive practice. And so they're, they're being cautious with him. And so you look at that and you say, okay, well, we had TJ Watt. Well, TJ Watt got a sack last night. Surprise, surprise. Um, and then of course, you know, it's, it's something where we didn't have depth a year ago. So working on getting that depth back, I think we're going to be okay when we have frontliners in, but the depth is still something we're working on. Sirius XM NFL radio Steelers broadcast. And I'm still holding out. You're going to be on Monday night football. Remember when we discussed it, you're going to be on Monday yes. night football. He's yeah. the best Max Starks. Great to see you, bro. Have a great day. Thank you. All right. Take care, Pat. Okay. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. That guy is one of the kindest guys ever. Okay. We come back with Wes Reynolds talking about the three preseason. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2 and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Brent Musburger, thank you. BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Today on Sunday, you can place a $25 one-game parlay on any Major League Baseball game, and you'll receive $10 free as far as any sport over at BetMGM right now, regardless of your bet's outcome. So again, place a $25 parlay, you're going to get $10 for free. Log into your account or download the app and sign up with the Bet. MGM app to get $10 free. Remember, right now you can go check it out at the King of Sports Sportsbooks. That is BetMGM, BetMGM.com. Got to be 21 years or older, and if you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, we got you back here on the Lombardi Line. Hope you're having a nice weekend. I'm Patrick Maher. He, of course, is Wes Reynolds. We're going to get to the three preseason games today, including the early kick there in Cleveland. Of course, no Deshaun Watson with Philadelphia in town. But before we do, Wes, uh, Stephen Bond, the producer, and I were just talking about this Uh, During the break, we should discuss what you're sweating right now, because this is a gambler's. I mean, I don't know if it's a nightmare or insanely exciting. It's pretty damn miserable right now. I can tell you that. 
You're doing you're doing a rate you're doing a, a national TV show while you're sweating some European golf and a golfer at seventy to one. Fill us in on the details. Yeah, he was a three. He had a three shot lead going in. By the way, it got rained out on Saturday, so only fifty four holes being played here at the Jack Masters. So you're thinking, okay, a three shot lead with only eighteen to go instead of thirty six to go, you're going to shorten your odds. And and he was looking solid on the front nine. But now uh, my man uh, from Malaysia, Gavin Green, one shot off the pace. The German Max Kiefer leads by one stroke here. So Gavin Green has been leading all day. He just took a double bogey on his previous hole. Actually, uh, I think the second segment we still had Michael on. And, you know, now now it's getting pretty miserable here. Now Gavin Green's going to have to make it up. There's a couple par fives early on the back nine. And when you're par in the par fives, you can't be doing that when you've got chasers. So now uh, got to come from behind with Gavin Green, the man from Malaysia. So we've officially entered degenerate territory when we are sweating a Malaysian golfer named Gavin Green mm -hmm. at a Czech tournament. Where is the tournament? It being, is in Prague, uh, just outside of Prague, the Czech Masters. Gavin Green was runner-up on the Asian Tour, and that's where he plays most of his golf throughout the season. So he has won worldwide, but he has never won on the DP World Tour. So this would be the biggest win of his career. But uh, now he's going to have to uh, find a birdie here in the last three holes to be able to tie Mr. Kiefer. Well, I can say if you're distracted over the next hour and a half, we understand why. I so almost you got anticipated this, Patrick, because these DP World Tour events, there's a reason why I hit less on this tour than I do on the PGA Tour, because th these fields are just so erratic and they're a little bit watered down right now. So uh, that's what that's what you got to deal with. So I almost expected that he wasn't going to make this easy on Sunday. All right, Gavin Green at 70-1. to 1. That's who we tail for the rest of the show for our buddy Wes Reynolds. Okay, Wes, I mentioned it, and we can talk about the preseason. Um, anything stand out? I just talked about the unders barking back a little bit. It was interesting because my my Lions there with your Colts, that goes well over. Mm -hmm. The Bills, Stephen Bond's Bills, they looked to make a statement yesterday. They played the starters, and they were efficient as all get out. They beat up on Denver's backups 42-15, to 15, and then we had a run of unders. We thought there was going to be a market correction here with the early rash of overs to start the preseason. Yeah, I think we certainly did. And uh, I was actually in studio with Ben Wilson here on betting across America, right here on VEASAN during that Broncos bills game. I think uh, the bills ended up with like 510 yards. They almost had 400 yards at halftime. Denver only 274. So Buffalo looked well into midseason form despite playing a lot of their number twos. And really that was also a theme across the league is you didn't see as many number ones as you might've thought that you were going to see and I think one of the reasons why perhaps is because you had more of these open joint practices I think about half the league I think there were 16 teams that had those practices so they didn't want to go ahead I think at these coaches and get those number ones you know with potential injury because when you finally get to hit somebody that's not wearing the same color jersey that you're doing we see all the time you know watching on television or following on social media these joint practices can get chippy because these guys want to hit somebody else instead of going up against their own teammates every single day. So sometimes that chippiness from the open practices can carry over to the game. And we know the game is physical anyway, but you didn't see a lot of the coaches this week do the dress rehearsal stuff. I think that they're going to start to do that a little bit next week. Some played the ones, you know, maybe a couple series or even like the first quarter, like Andy Reid likes to do in Kansas City all the time. He likes to go, okay, my ones are going to play the first quarter. My twos are going to play the second. And then everybody else, it's a free for all in the second half, but 
yeah, I think next week is when you're finally maybe going to see some of these guys, with the notable exception of maybe like an Aaron Rodgers. He's probably not going to go in the preseason. But you're going to see more ones next week. So I'm interested to see if the books on these totals are going to, you know, kind of tax it in like they did from last week when the overs went 14-3. and three. Well, you nailed it. The penultimate game used to be in the dress rehearsal. I'll just put it that way. Used to be week three. But we've heard Lovey Smith talk about his plans for week three of this preseason being his kind of dress rehearsal. Aaron Rodgers said the only action, the only time he's going to play is week three. So it's being treated a little bit differently with that extra bye week as well after week three of the preseason. Now, let's go ahead and take a look at the number. Philly's likely to ice its starters and Sirianni's kind of been tight lipped about what he's going to do today. But the assumption is he's going to ice the starters because as you mentioned, the joint practices is really where the work gets done Wes. but Philly's in Cleveland, Philly open three here. It's been bet down to one and you've got a total based on probably what happened yesterday, 39 down to 35. Yeah, exactly. Seeing yeah, 35, 35 and a half in the market. Uh, Watson, obviously not going to go. I think uh, the concern for Cleveland though, obviously a lot has been made of the quarterback position and rightfully so, but what really took Cleveland out last year, Patrick, I think from making the playoffs, because I think they had the roster and they had the talent to make the playoffs is the offensive line injuries just really added up for this team. And you're already kind of seeing it in Cleveland with uh, Nick Harris, the center now being out for the year. So this is one of the better offensive lines in the league, and they still got four returning starters back. So you would think by and large, they're going to be okay from that standpoint, but that is always a concern. We're already seeing it down in Tampa, who played last night, 13-3 to loss to Tennessee. They're having some offensive line issues uh, with Ryan Jensen now being out indefinitely and maybe for the entire season, plus the fact that the two guards for Tom Brady that were there last year aren't there. So offensive line injuries, I think, are injuries that often get understated by the market, especially when you get into the regular season. We always see quarterbacks and skill position guys move numbers for the betters, but we don't see when you've got banged up offensive line or banged up secondary. Those are where the lines maybe don't move as much, but the wise guys and the sharp guys know how to bet them accordingly. So uh, this is not a game I played. Obviously, I'm not going to chase a total that has moved down five and a half or six points here, but I certainly understand that move. Off the Deshaun Watson news there, Wes Reynolds, we saw the division odds lengthen a little bit, but let's stick, stick with Cleveland. Were you surprised to see that regular season win total drop again? Goes nine and a half down to eight and a half. Now, over at DraftKings right now on the Cleveland Browns season win total, it is eight and a half. You got to pay $1.40 to the under, but that did adjust. Now, Brissett most likely not going to see him today. So you're going to see the Josh's Dobbs and Rosen mm -hmm. Brissett, We know what he is. 37 starts, 60% completion percentage, you know, six, four yards per attempt. This is not a guy that you're going to hang your hat on as far as a quarterback. No. And, and look, uh, he's been in this situation before, of course, in Indianapolis when Andrew Luck retired two weeks before the regular season. And I think did relatively okay, but was disappointing down in Miami. Uh, didn't, did not do very well when he had to do some starter duty. So, you know, Brissett's kind of trying to redeem himself, I think a little bit, but I was yep. surprised to see it drop that much in terms of the win total, because you didn't see it really move all that much in terms of like the division odds or any futures odds because I think bookmakers price that into the market relatively speaking expecting Watson was going to be out maybe at least for half the season but you look at the early schedule for Cleveland they do go to Carolina where they're now a small underdog the Baker Mayfield revenge game if you want to call it that then they get the Jets then they get the Steelers at home and then they go to Atlanta 
there's a lot of, and then they have the Chargers and the Patriots back-to-back at home. There's a lot of winnable games early for Cleveland. So there is a possibility they get off to a good start. But the way I'm going to approach Cleveland is I may look for an over perhaps on the win total. And it's not that I think that when Watson immediately becomes a starter that, you know, he's not going to be rusty and he's just going to, you know, pick up where he left off uh, in that game against Houston on December 4th. But Cleveland can really run the ball. They're one of the best at running the ball in the league. I think they've got a good coaching staff there led by Kevin Stefanski. If that offensive line can stay healthy, they've got playmakers on defense. They force turnovers. They have a very good secondary. They have one of the best pass rushers in the league in Miles Garrett. So I don't think that you want to be too hasty and kind of putting the Browns on the scrap heap here in a very wide open AFC North, even though I'm going with the default. I like the Baltimore Ravens in the division. Week one, I think we're going to go with Baker Bowl down in Carolina. You saw that number. Yeah, I think we're going to go Baker Bowl, Cleveland at Carolina. You saw that number flip, Wes. Four and a half was the opener on Cleveland, favored on the road. It's now Carolina laying a point. Yeah, I, I would only the only thing I would do with that at this point is maybe tease Cleveland because now it's in teaser territory. And that's one thing we notice a lot in week one, Patrick, a lot of those Wong teaser type of games where you can tease through the three and the seven. That would be likely the way I would go is find a dance partner with Cleveland on a teaser. Actually, I want to talk about week one in a little bit here on the Lombardi line because we've got I was taking a look at the board earlier today, 10 road favorites mm-hmm. in week one that the mitigation of home field advantage continues in the NFL. He's Wes Reynolds. I'm Patrick Maher. We're going to go Kansas City. Aaron Ladd is going to join us next talking about the Chiefs. They're sitting 10 and a half on the board at DraftKings. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.